0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mental, my husband, Norm. And as you know, every weekend we're here and we're doing life together, and we're just so glad that you've joined us.
1: We are indeed in What's Up With The Voice. i am just got to get it out there. You sound kind of sultry, or what's going on?
0: I mean, the weather's been bouncing all over the place, and my sinuses, Norm, just do not like that. Uh-huh. So I sound very... NPR, don't I?
1: You do. You do. We, we can do the whole show that way if you we want.
0: Could. Yeah. We could. We could talk like this. So, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to do my best. Um, hopefully, people can understand me. Um, no, you sound fine. Yeah, our, our engineer is telling me that it's, it's fine. It just may sound a little different than what people normally hear me sound like. Right.
1: Well, the weather was up and down, but I'm glad we didn't get it as bad as they said we might.
0: You know... I'm not gonna complain. Whenever the weather gets a little bit warmer, I grew up in that cold, snowy weather that a lot of our listening audience mm-hmm. uh, lives in. Right, <laughs> and even though I skated and I skied, I just never liked the cold, wet, windy. Awful weather, I can tell by the way I'm describing it. Yeah, no kidding. But I think one day we're going to escape to warmer weather.
1: Yes, ma'am, indeed. I grew up in the tropics. I don't oh, do winter. that's right. I'm, I'm ready to go south, too. I <laughs> oh, my goodness. But doesn't it seem sometimes, whether good or bad, that time just flies by? It does. When it does, do you ever stop and think about what happened over the past few weeks or the months or years? Specifically, here's my question for you. Do you ever feel regret? over things that have happened? If you do, we can talk about it. If the folks listening do, this is their show.
0: That's right. Um, now, I do regret that I didn't grow up in a warmer climate, <laughs>
1: as we talked about.
0: <laughs> My family was from Michigan, so we were not in a warm climate growing up. But I was thinking about it, Norman. We've never done a show on regret. And yet this very unpleasant feeling over your past and things that you've done is something that we all feel now and then. But if you feel it a lot... Or if it stays with you, then there's a problem.
1: When you started saying talking about regret I Instantly thought of Frank Sinatra and singing yeah. my way. You know that the second verse is regrets I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I can't sing like Frank, and he goes <laughs> on. He says, "But I did it my way." We contend, though, that regrets are best handled when you do them God's way.
0: That's right. I love that song, but the idea of doing it my way that always bothered me when I heard that.
1: F- did F- you think about that? Kind of selfish. That? Yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it didn't. It didn't take the the consideration of God in there and the path that God has for us. And when we do it our way, it doesn't always end well. Mm -hmm. So for the person of faith, if you're someone who has a faith and you're listening to this, seeking God's will, being obedient to His call, and knowing you are moving in sync with God is always the best way.
1: Wow. Very well said. Hey, I've noticed this. If you ask someone to tell you about their happiest moments, think back. What was your happiest moment? They take a moment. They take a beat. It takes them a while to think of something. But sometimes when you say, what about regrets? Do you have regrets? They're very quick to remember those. Why is it that that comes to mind so much easier?
0: It has to do with our brain. Our brain tends to focus on the negatives if we let it do that. And we have trouble letting go of regret. We look back like a Monday morning quarterback, <laughs> and it may be that we're ruminating on how we could have done things differently. Maybe we would have gotten a different outcome if we did. Do you know that regret is the second most frequently mentioned emotion after love? No way. Really? I know. That really surprised me wow, when I read that. I'm
1: shocked. But if, like you said, we focus on things in life that didn't go according to plan— There must be too many opportunities for us to feel and then live in regret. And one of those areas has to be relationships, I would think.
0: That's the number one. I mean, that's at least the number one I hear in therapy. I should have been kinder. I should have been more understanding, more open to looking at my part in problems. Regret often involves that if-only feeling. Mm. If only I had better parents. If only I had controlled my temper better with my children. If only I'd finished college. Regrets just feed that insecurity and that those feelings of self-worthlessness, which is why it's not really a useful feeling for no. us.
1: and regret can crush your hope and steal your peace, I would think. If you live in regret all the time, you most likely don't live in peace. You made me wonder about something. What is the difference between remorse and regret? Because it might be healthy to have remorse sometimes, but... Uh, regret?
0: Yeah, so they're similar because they are both concerned with past actions or behaviors. Regret is a negative emotion, a feeling, not a fact, that comes when you reflect on the past. You feel it and it keep ruminating about it. It can lead to some types of depressions or anxiety. It's a desire to return to something in your past. You wish you had acted differently in a different way, like we just said. Mm. For example... A regret statement would be, I'm sorry I broke your heart. I wish I could take it back, and especially I wish I could take back what I said. Now, when we're talking about remorse, that's a form of deep regret, or sometimes what we hear, sometimes we hear the term guilty sorrow that people have. Mm. You want to erase the past because you did something wrong. You see the problem, you wish you could change it. It focuses more, Norm, on those consequences of your action on other people. Both regret and remorse involve guilt, but regret has more to do with feelings associated with a past wrong action or a decision, and remorse is a deep regret for having done something that maybe caused harm to another person. Regret can be something you did or didn't do. Remorse usually involves apologizing and taking steps to correct the problem.
1: So remorse is helping fix the thing instead of just living in the regret.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it,
1: actually. So, with regret, I want to make sure I get this, you feel sad or disappointed in yourself over something that has already happened and you can't change. Right. But with remorse, you may feel the same emotions over something that has already happened, but you're trying to make up for it by repenting, apologizing, changing your behavior. Okay. Yeah, that's really that's good. good. Okay, I feel better. (laughs) Yeah. Remorse is a deep and painful feeling of guilt for wrongdoing, but as we're going to get into later, you can take care of both of these emotions through your relationship with Jesus.
0: And that's always the good news, isn't it? So we don't want to live in the past and we don't want to hold on to negative emotions. God always gives us a way out. And when we focus on regrets, we're trapped in a negative pattern that takes us nowhere. But again, here's such good news. God redeems and restores, and we can move past those things that keep us bound, and we can actually use them to grow.
1: <laughs> we did a little bit of digging and found the thoughts of some very well-known people who were asked how they deal with regret. Christian apologist, theologian, author, and speaker Tim Keller on what does he regret?
0: Yeah, this is so interesting. I love what we're going we're gonna to do here in a moment. We're going to be talking about all these different people and what they said. This is what Tim Keller said. I would do less surfing on the internet, without a doubt, was his first thing. There are a hundred other things that would be better. More time with my wife, more time praying and meditating, more time reading. I think the internet is a friend of information, but an enemy of thought. Hmm. It's great at snippets of information, but it doesn't help you think or reason. In fact, the more you're online... The less patient you are with sustained reasoning, with a longer narrative, it doesn't make you more able to think through critical issues. So I would certainly spend less time on the internet.
1: Well, here's one from someone we both love and respect, Johnny Erickson Tata. She says, (laughs) I know you're going to like this one, Linda. I would look at a lot less news on television. I have to confess I'm a news junkie. When I go to the airport, I always stop at the news kiosk and pick up the latest edition of The Economist or Newsweek. I have to know what's going on in the world Now, that's not a bad thing. It's just that sometimes it becomes a fixation, and it can depress my spirits. It's enough to know that there's an Islamic state where awful extremists are doing gross and detestable things in the name of Islam without having to hear another version on CNN or ABC or PBS. That's why Psalm 1013 is such a good verse for me. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. A television that is set to nothing but 24-7 cable news probably qualifies as a worthless thing for me.
0: Wow, that's really pretty powerful. There yeah, it is. And here's our dear friend, Bible teacher June Hunt, who's the founder and CSO, which is the Chief Servant Officer, oh, nice. yeah. yeah, of Hope for the Heart. And she had this to say about her regrets. I would be less impacted by the opinions of others and continue to learn and grow and look at the opportunity to benefit others I love learning, and I have viewed life as a fascinating journey. There will be times of failure, but this is no reason for me or you to keep beating ourselves over the head because of our failure. Years ago, a friend said to me, June, you really don't know what grace is all about. I replied, but I've taught on it. She said, yes, but you don't have grace for you. You have grace for others. That was an eye-opener.
1: Wow. And Tony Evans, the well-known pastor at the Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas said, I love sports. So do I. I love watching sports. So do I. And (laughs) keeping up with sports. So do I. But I would probably spend a little less time on sports if I could do it all over again. Plus, I would have traveled a little less. You know, all of those remind me of something I heard years ago at a Promise Keepers event. The speaker said to the men gathered, he said, I've never met one man who on his deathbed said... Boy, I wish I'd spent more time at the office.
0: So we all can relate to these sentiments, but listening to these, maybe we should take a moment to reflect on our own life, those regrets that we have that we don't want to continue to have, right? We can do something about those now. Maybe we can make a change now, or in the case of some of you, just let go of them and trust the Lord to continue to work all things for your good. I know I could work on this a little bit
1: more. Mm. You know what? Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's look at some types of regret. Four different categories we want to discuss. Just a moment. Be right back.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show.
1: And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, And we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain.
0: If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you. Living Beyond Pain in stores now.
1: Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. May I please remind you that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, and her Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can always, of course, listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio. Well, before the break, we were talking about regret and I found something that shocked me. We're not alone. The author of The Power of Regret, Daniel Pink, one of our favorite authors, surveyed people about their regrets. And only 1%, 1% of people he surveyed said they had no regrets. Okay. Well, I'm not real good at math, but I think that means 99% have regrets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need our calculators for that or our phones for that, rather. I should, boy, that dates me. Our phones for that, yeah, right? There you go. Right. And here's what he said. They fall into four categories. Now, really listen to these and think about if you're struggling with any regrets you've had. The first one is connection failure. This is when you fail to reach out to someone you love. And, boy, Norm, I think that's a big one for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Someone might die, move away, you lose contact with them, and you wish you had stayed in touch. You can regret not getting to know someone, too. That's another type of connection. That's true. The second one is a boldness regret. And this is the one where you think to yourself, boy, if only I had taken that chance. I didn't speak up when I needed to. I didn't confront my boss. I didn't take a chance. I didn't do a risk. So it's taking that assertiveness. The third one is what he calls foundation regret. And that would be like if I only I had done the work better or I took the wrong major in college and didn't prepare adequately for my career job. We're not taking the time to get to know a person before you dived into a relationship. Mm -hmm. The fourth one is moral regret. If only I had done the right thing. That one is really more complex and more painful because we're actually violating our values. Maybe you're drinking too much. Maybe you became addicted to something. Maybe you've had an affair. I mean, we see this way too much in the church, especially in recent years, people not reporting abuse in the church.
1: right.
0: So this is, regret is based really, Norm, if you think about it, on a sort of imagined version of ourselves. Hmm. We're comparing ourselves with only those who flourish, who are doing great. But in truth, we all make mistakes. Sometimes we just make a bad decision or, you know, we just, things don't work out the way that we thought they would. But what you do with the regrets is what matters, We don't want them leading to anxiety and depression or a state of constant ruminating on what we could have done differently.
1: So it sounds like there's a difference between some good old-fashioned self-reflection about what you could do differently and being stuck feeling guilty, regretting what you actually did. Can we analyze that a bit?
0: Well, again, I think when you think of regret, just accept your inaction. Maybe it's a weakness. Maybe it's a failure. Don't run from God. And certainly don't let shame run your life. Just lean into Christ who loves you, offers grace, and understands your sorrow and your regret. So if you need to repent from something, do it. And then move on.
1: First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, to your point, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It sounds to me like what John is saying is that the key is to repent if there's any wrongdoing in there.
0: And we know that repentance means we're sincerely sorry and we do want to make a change. You are ready to turn from that sin or wrongdoing. You may need to accept the consequences of your actions, but you don't have to spend another minute in regret. Sometimes that is really hard for people to accept. But you know what? God clears the deck. He tells us that in His Word.
1: Yep, right here in Psalm 103, one. I found it for you. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, Abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, nor repay us according to our inequities. Because as far as the East is from the West, so far has He removed our transgressions from us.
0: That is so powerful, Mm. if we could just believe that. I mean, where else can you receive this type of forgiveness or grace? So don't let regret stop you from doing and trying things that might not always work out. As long as you seek God in the process— He's going to take care of you.
1: So here's a really good prescription. Don't let the enemy keep you in chains and not walk in the freedom that Christ offers. It comes down to trusting Romans eight twenty eight is going to always be true. God will work all things together for your good.
0: John Piper tells us, Norm, that regret is a sign of a tender heart. So it's good mm-hmm. to feel that regret, right? It's natural to feel regret and remorse over past mistakes, but that doesn't mean we can't be forgiven or that we should allow regret to rule our lives. In fact, there are times that regret even draws someone to salvation. Paul tells us that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation, and that it is God's kindness that brings us to repentance. Looking back at the failures or missed opportunities should make us feel a sense of loss, but we don't have to dwell on it. So use that feeling to reinforce your need for Christ in all aspects of your life. But I love this reminder. There is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus.
1: Oh, that's so good. But one of the problems is that regret often seems to linger long after the remorse has passed. We have problems confessing and accepting God's forgiveness and then moving on. Sometimes it seems just too good to be true because our culture doesn't work like that.
0: Yes, and the true freedom that comes with repentance means you don't keep grieving your past mistakes and regret. Your future is in Christ.
1: Right. Again, Paul said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind... And straining toward what is ahead. He said that in Philippians 3. And remember, what he was talking about in his past, he was a terrorist. He was killing Christians. He would have all sorts of regrets mm-hmm. that could have derailed him and his ministry if he hadn't been able to trust that God had forgiven all his sins.
0: Yeah, that's a really good example because that would be a hard thing to get rid of in the no natural. Kidding. And here's another strategy turn regret, now this is going to sound a little strange, into thanksgiving. Trust God. Pray for His leading in your life, a life that He has given to you with a specific purpose. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He uses, just like you said in Romans, all kinds of past mistakes to make us more compassionate and even empathetic.
1: Boy, I love that focus. Pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal your destiny. Then start walking in it. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians, Give thanks in all circumstances. That means all of the difficulties too. With for all. this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
0: I never all. Know, and just all circumstances. Yeah, he's, all, Paul's yeah.
1: all or nothing kind of guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess even when you're tempted to wallow in regret, that mm-hmm. means all circumstances, right? Thank God that he saved you and has forgiven you of all your sins and that he works all things for your good that your failures. Now, here's the thought. Your failures remind you of your need for God. Hmm. Thank God for His patience and His long-suffering with you. Thank Him for His steadfast love.
1: Wow, and you know what I just thought of? When you do that, it keeps you humble. It does. We are all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us is better than another or worse than anyone else. Our past failures can remind us that without God's grace, we're in trouble and we need Him. So let's go back to Paul again. He had a healthy regret that kept him both humble and thankful.
0: An indication of this comes from a verse in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, freely confessing in his first letters to the Corinthians. Here's what Paul said, Norm. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Here's why. Because I persecuted the church of
1: God. Hmm. Notice how Paul's confessing his past mistakes and regrets, but notice this. He does not dwell on that. right. Here's the best part. Jesus no longer defined Paul or Saul, by his old name, as a terrorist. In fact, he gave him a brand new name, Paul, and a new mission.
0: That's why that naming was so powerful, wasn't it? So powerful. It? Changed it from what it was. So the message we're saying is that God does not define you by your mistakes or your failures or any regret you might be holding on to. Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians fifteen ten, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect, no i worked harder than all of them yet not i but the grace of god that was with me your past does not define your future let it go it's all covered with god's mercy
1: grace and love and here's proof from isaiah 43 god said forget the former things do not dwell on the past see i'm doing a brand new thing Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland.
0: And I love that John Piper said, Christ died for a million regrets. Mm -hmm. Paul never forgot his regretful past, but he didn't let it define his future. He used it to stay humble.
1: Then, writing near the end of his life, Paul also said, This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost.
0: Boy, God has control over all things, even our mistakes. That's so assuring to me. There's nothing He can't repair or use for our good. He doesn't work by turning back the clock and changing your past. He doesn't do that. Nope. Rather, by working and healing now and then moving you forward into your future. Can I give you one more Bible story? Yep.
1: Okay. This one comes to mind when I think about how God redeems our regrets. It's the old story of David and Bathsheba. King David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. In fact, he murdered her husband when he tried to hide his mistake. But then Nathan the prophet confronts him with his sins, and there was nothing he could do to undo or change his past, even when his baby boy died. David couldn't bring him back, and he didn't even try. David did not have the power or control to repair his past, but God took David's mistakes and used them to change his future while God redeemed his past. In fact, he gave him another son, Solomon, with Bathsheba, and it was through this new bloodline that Jesus would come. God redeemed David's past and turned it into an avenue for the Savior's birth. If he can do it for David, he can do it for us.
0: I think that's just a great reminder because there's a lot of pretty big sins in there and deep regrets that David would have had. So, you might be thinking, oh, I've done big things, but look at David. He did a lot of big things, and he was chosen to have the line of Christ in his life.
1: Right. Um, and in fact, he was called a man after God's own heart. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Because he repented.
0: Yeah. And so as we get close to the end of our show, there's just one more point I'd like to make about regrets. They do open us up to receive God's comfort, and we can use that comfort that we've received to comfort others. So nothing is wasted in God's economy. When you are freed from regret, you can use that freedom, and you can comfort to minister to others who may have had similar situations. Grace doesn't cheapen bad choices, nor our sin, but it does release us. Let me leave you with this verse as we close. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who made this show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.